0: Well, hello, hockey fans. It's another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey, the state tournament edition. Mike Hammond here, along with Trasher and Burglar, as uh, we hash over the four games that went on today, and we'll take a look at the two games that will be going on tomorrow that will be deciding some state champions. And uh, let's start out first game of the day. Michael, let's uh, start out with you. Um, First game of the day was uh, one of those that was... uh, I don't know. It was just kind of one of those games that uh, it just seemed like the uh, ECA Stars, they rode Abigail Stowe, and she had four goals and assisted on the fifth, and she probably even drove the bus down here from Eau Claire, and
1: uh, the Stowe show was on. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Eau Claire Area Stars beat the Central Wisconsin Storm 5-2 to in the first semifinal game of the day today. And as you said, Abby Stowe with four goals uh, continued her outstanding season. Um, I think, you know, the Storm has got a a really good team, but they probably haven't run into somebody of this caliber, Uh, her and uh, Ava Kieson and uh, Charlotte Akervik lately. And those three combined for four goals and six assists. And, I mean, that's a a big helping of uh, what Eau Claire did as a team, but um, I definitely Abigail set the tone and uh, pretty much, you know, not single-handedly won the game, but was a huge part of it. Yeah, I, I had not
2: seen the, the Eau Claire area team so I hadn't seen Abigail Stowe this year, but one thing I can tell you is she can shoot. Uh, the first two goals she had were top shelf rifle shots that uh, Chloe Westberg for the central Wisconsin Storm their goalie I don't know if she's seen a shot like that this year um, you know Chloe's not very big when she drops down into a butterfly uh, there's a lot of room you know up above her shoulders um, and yeah and, and Abigail stowe was, was was finding that with with, with laser shots and um, she, I mean, yeah, she was a difference in the game. Other, other than that, I mean, the two teams looked fairly well balanced. You know, play was action was split between the two ends. Um, but uh, yeah, she just Abigail Stowe, she
0: just those, those shots she took. Westberg never had a chance. Well, one of the things we were talking about was with Westberg with those shots that Stowe's. They taking- can the one that Stowe took was the one in stride she shot, and that was the first one, and that was just a missile. The second one went off the tip of Westburn's glove, and uh, Chloe kind of just looked to the heavens like, you know, wow. And, uh, you know, that one goes in, but even that was just a hard shot. So um, first time I've got a chance to see Abigail Stowe, and I come, what do you say, I come away pretty impressed with, with what she's been able to do. And uh, she's leading her team into their first
1: uh, state championship game. Just to put it into perspective, I'm looking at her career stats page. In four years, she has scored 195 goals in 105 games. So that's basically two goals a game. And uh, she's not afraid to dish it off either. She has 133 assists, which is over one a game. Her career average... For, uh, in 105 games, it's 3.12 points per game. So I know in the interview, um, talked a little bit about respect with, with her after the game, and she said, I think I've earned some respect in my career. I think she's definitely earned some respect in her career.
0: Let's move on to the second game of the day. Second game of the day, the Cap City Cougars taking on the Fond du Lac Beaver Dam co-op, a.k.a. the Warbirds, and this one uh, took some extra minutes to play, but it was a uh, game that the Cougars ended up getting a uh, win in that one, and uh, they're making their first run at a state championship, as they will be a first-timer playing for a state title tomorrow.
1: Yeah, this was a a pretty close game, and I I figured it would be... um I had picked uh, the Warbirds-Beaver Dam to, to win this game. I had seen them play in the, their section of final game. They beat USM, and I thought they would continue. But Cap City, and I, I think Dell and MJ both touched on this quite a bit, have a great team speed, and we saw a lot of that today. They took away time and space. They were making pretty good rushes, and they, when they didn't always put in goals uh you know, they made life in general miserable kind of for, for Fondy. 3-2 um, game, close game, but I think uh, Cap City's speed was the difference in that game.
2: Well, actually, in, in the, the first period, I mean, watching the first period looked like what you had predicted, you know, with uh, the warbird Beaver Dam, um, you know, winning the game, it looked like they were by far the better team. They just really took it to um, Cap City in the first period. They, they outshot them 8-2. to two. Uh, They actually, you know, they scored a goal in that first period. And was, they are just going to cruise through this game. But uh, whatever adjustments uh, Cap City made in between the first and second period, I think uh, MJ can uh, talk about some of the stuff that Cap City did after that first period as he interviewed... Uh, the Cap City's coach during uh, one of the breaks. And if MJ can remember what the Cap City's coach said, then he can clue us in on how they adjusted and changed things around uh, going into that second period. But, yeah, it looked like it was going to be Warbirds in a, in a cakewalk after the first period, but Cap City turned things around, uh, the back and forth game after that, and then went their way in overtime.
0: Well, I can tell you, I don't know if you necessarily changed a whole lot, but maybe some of the players kind of uh, woke up a little bit and realized, okay, we're through one period, and, you know, we're still, we're in this game, so let's... I think what he told them was, that was the worst period we have played all year, or something to that effect. Okay, well, something <laughs> like that. I have a memory, like I said, we've been finding that out lately, but, you know, the girls uh, started to, uh, you know, he said, believe, and... Uh, you know, they started to believe that they could play against the Warbirds and they did. And uh had a lead, but the Warbirds came back late and tied it. And uh then it got pushed to overtime and you know it was it was a great move by the young lady who scored the goal. Uh Zephyr and my- Jagger. Jagger, I had a hard time remembering her last name, but you know, she the defender was coming up with the puck and she stole it from her right there at the blue line. And she came in and was able to get a shot off. And, you know, let's give props to the other end of the ice. I mean, Taylor Thornton played extremely well today.
1: Yep, and I'm going to give props to our Southern correspondents too, our Southern partners, Dell and MJ, because they talked about this Camp City's team, and they've seen them play before. And they talked about Zephyrn Jager and Colleen Milligan. And between the two of them, they had three goals and two assists and were a huge part of this win. So hats off to you guys, too, for the the good scouting report.
2: Yeah, and again, I was listening when when MJ uh, interviewed. And you'll find these interviews up on YouTube somewhere on our prep hockey page. Hopefully we can get them linked to some of our social things. But uh, that's Bill Jr.'s job. But uh, MJ was talking with, with, with Zephyr Jagger after the game and w- when she picked the pocket of that um Warbird's defender and she knew it was just her and the goalie and she talked that, you know, she knows this is a good goalie. And she's going in there, you know her what what she her first thought her first thought was don't miss <laughs> like don't miss the net, you know, at least you know, get a good shot in there. and she did. She won five hole uh, you know, in with the game winner and it was uh uh a big load off her shoulders, you know, had she like blown her opportunity because this is a big state. I mean, this is you know a breakaway in overtime in this you know semifinals. You know, you, you make Dream the shot you make the shot, your team goes you know, to the championship game. You know, do I go down,
0: do I triple deep? You know, <laughs> you only have a matter of seconds upside yeah. down again. Well, I thought what's funny was when she you know, admitted that she, you know, shes I know she's a good goalie and she's, you know, that she knew who she was. And it's almost like apologetic for, you know, scoring on her. I know you're a good goalie, but you know, she, she did score. And the Cap City Cougars and uh, the uh, Warbirds went to overtime and Cap City comes out with a 3-2 overtime win, quenching their first championship game try. And ECA is going to have their first championship game try tomorrow at noon. And uh, we'll come back for a prediction in a little bit. But right now, let's move on to the boys' semis tonight. And uh, the boys' semis tonight, first game, Verona and Hudson. It was a uh, win by Hudson tonight, as uh, both you two predicted. Uh, what a crazy game. I mean, these two teams literally slugged it out at times on the ice. And... Uh, I don't know if Verona had seen a team like Hudson all season long, and um, I think at times they looked a little bit frustrated.
1: And it almost seemed, too, like Hudson had not seen a team like Verona. I know Brooks Lockwood afterwards had commented that he had seen some fast teams, but, yeah, Verona was pretty fast as well. Um, Kind of a uh, weird start to the game, even though it didn't happen right at the beginning. It happened later on in the first period. A penalty on Hudson and Hudson scored a short-handed goal and then a minute later Verona scored on the power play so each team scored a special team's goal on the same penalty so it was kind of a, a, a weird start to the, the game and uh, a lot of penalties it just seemed like there was always somebody in the box kind of took away from the continuity of the game a little bit but once Hudson, I think, figured out what exactly they needed to do, they pretty much took control.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. the, the, the first period, first period is pretty even. Each the each East, the East scored once. The shots were fairly close, but then as the game went on and things, you know, started getting a little bit chippy, um, I think Hudson kept their composure, and Verona didn't. Um, Verona always seemed to get that extra last shot, you know, and get the extra penalty, um, and that I think that fed right into um, what what Hudson was doing. Uh, Hudson only got they got one goal, you know, on a power play, um, but this was a close game. All those goals mattered, and yeah, I think Hudson was a little more disciplined than Verona was when things got chippy. It always seemed like you know Verona had that extra.
1: Yeah, and the, the interview that Jordan Halverson, the defenseman, did with, with MJ, he said that they had really talked about it before the game. We're going to be the hitty, not the hitter. We're going to take what they dish out, and we're not going to retaliate. And I think that strategy really served them well.
0: Good point, Michael. Yeah, I think it really served them well. And, uh, Verona, when you're, when your top players are going in the box on a regular, you know on a regular pace, I mean you're taking you're taking your team out of their game. And uh Verona, yeah, they got some power play opportunities and uh, Cohen had to make some couple of really huge saves and uh had one that was looked like it was on the line, but in the end Hudson seemed to be uh keep their composure a little bit more. And uh yeah, they did have a couple cross checking penalties which are retaliation penalties sometimes, but in the end, they kept their composure more than Verona, and they knew coming into that game that they could get some power play time against Verona with that situation of being uh, composure, and they uh, were successful with it. Let's move on to our final game of the night, which was a thriller, and uh, Waukesha, Garrett Larson, Eau Claire Memorial, Trevor Hudasek, these two teams, this one was good. And uh, these two teams are back and forth all night. And uh, it was a uh, double overtime goal by Oakland Memorial. That was the winner. And uh, Walkshaw comes up uh, one game short on a rematch with Hudson as they lose this game in double overtime. And Michael uh, hats off to both goalies. That's the reason why they were in double overtime because both those guys brought their A-games.
1: No doubt about that. Um, I think, if I remember right, the stats don't bear it out here, but I swear that uh, Garrett Larson had 43 saves on the game, and uh, Hootie had 23 on the other end. Larson... Every bit of the goalie that we've heard about, we've talked about, he, he made a lot of great saves. And it looked like toward the end of the game, I don't remember if it was in the third period or the first overtime, it looked like he got slightly injured. He he just did not look comfortable. Um, he was kind of hands on his knees, you know, leaning over like he was trying to kind of get, psych, it, psych up and uh, get back into the game, you know, and get get back into the, the pace of it all but I know there was a couple of times he made a save and Brewer said, "Well, yeah, he must be okay now because I mean, he and he had to be, you know. I mean, okay, if he if he hurt his groin or hurt pulled a muscle somewhere, you know, you're the goalie, you're the number one guy, you got us here. You got to keep playing. We're sorry, you know. And he he had a great game. Uh, hats off to him hats off to his team. They, they performed very well and almost made it to the state title game for the second year in a row.
2: Yeah, after the first two, you know, scoreless periods, you know, we're doing a little survey in the booth there. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is going to be a one nothing game. I mean, one goal is all it's going to take. And, um, you know, Old Court Memorial got that goal, you know, four and a half minutes into the third period. And then, uh, surprise, you know, Kevin Broda of all things on a wraparound goal, um, in a third period to tie it up for Waukesha. You know, you don't usually see wraparound goals being successful, um, you know, at, at this level of goals. But but, was, was drawn so far out to the one side when the wraparound came, he was not able to get back, and you know that tied things up, and then that set up the whole overtime. And if you know. You know, trasher. If you're talking about the the shots not being right, I have to point at uh, you know whoever was actually entering the stats during that first overtime because all it shows is like one shot on goal uh, by Waukesha shot in that first overtime and none by Eau Claire. And I think if you if we actually get a hold of the if we get a hold of the official WA stat sheet, I think you're gonna find that. Not naming names or anything, but whoever was actually entering stats during that first overtime forgot to enter the shots.
0: You kind of wonder sometimes when you when you look at uh, when you look at some of these stats. What are you know? We watch games all year, and uh, you know we're pretty. You know, I know our crew down in Jamesville. We're pretty accurate, no matter what goalie parents think. But, uh, yeah, sometimes I kind of scratch my head a little bit about it as well. But, Burglar, let's go back to the game-tying goal with Kevin Broda on a nice wraparound goal. Hudasek came out a little bit to play the angle, but next thing he knew, he was out a little bit too far. And by the time he was trying to slide back, I think he knew he was out too far, and he was hoping his defenseman who was on Broda could take him off the puck. But, you know, Rhoda was strong enough to, you know, get the corner and, Able to tuck that one within the post, and uh, it was an it was a nice move by Broda, and he's and I've seen that this year with him, he uh, does a lot of offensive stuff from his defensive position. He's not afraid to rush the puck.
2: Oh yeah, I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that I mean, this is a defenseman who came down there and you know you know kind of suckered the goalie after the side, and when he went behind the net, I mean he used. I, I don't know how tall he is, but he used every inch of his height and every inch of stick length that he had because he knew he didn't have a whole lot of time. But he stretched everything out and just got the you know, just got the puck around that corner and barely got it inside. You know, the the fire mm-hmm. post. I mean he just get it across the line and then shove it that way and it just barely got across the line and into the net. But uh yeah, he used every bit of of length that he had available to get that around the corner.
1: You talk about his offensive capabilities, we saw it two nights in a row. He scored the game-winning goal on Thursday night and uh, scored the game-tying goal here. Um, Just to kind of touch upon what he has done this year for Waukesha, in the regular season, in 24 games, he scored eight goals, in the playoffs and state tournament, in five games, five goals. So he was a big part of the offense. Maybe they figured they needed him to uh, step up and help up with the offensive production. He definitely did so. He, he definitely did his part, but Waukesha fell just a little bit short. So Waukesha
0: falls a little bit short. and clear memorial in overtime, double overtime. was able to get the get the win. Michael, did you get a good look at the game-winning goal?
1: Yeah, pretty good look. Um, uh, Memorial got a, a good shot on, on Larson, made the stop, and it popped out to his right a little bit, and Grant Theobar was there, and he rammed it home, and I think um, that's kind of... Uh, I, I don't know. Um, it, was, it was pretty cool, because Coach Chris Tock had nominated Grant Theobar for the Unsung Hero Award, saying that he doesn't really show up a lot on the, the score sheet. Well, he showed up big on the score sheet tonight with a game winner for Claire Memorial.
0: Well, guys, now that we've rehashed all four of these games, let's talk about the only two games there are tomorrow. And uh, Let's start out with the girls' championship game at noon tomorrow. Cap City Cougars taking on the ECA Stars, and I'm going to start with Burglar. Uh, Bill, who and why? Yeah,
2: you know, as much as I like the way the Cap City Cougars played today, I was really impressed with, with, with their game, a lot of their, their, their players. Um, if you look over the course of the season, uh, the top three teams in the state were all in Section 1. Um Hudson and St. Croix. the St. Croix Valley Fusion and the Eau Claire Area Stars, those are the top three teams in the state, and they pretty much dominated competition. They may have lost a game or two here or there, but they, they were clearly the best teams, and uh, the Eau Claire Area Stars are the team that made it out of that section, and as well as Cap City played today, I really can't see them, well, I can't see them stopping Abigail Stowe, quite frankly. Um, The rest of the, you know, well, I don't think they have anybody that um, quite matches up with who's number 10 again? Ava Keeson. Ava Those two players are the difference. You take those 12, the, the teams might be even, but those two players... Are at such at such a high level that they'll just control play, and I, I don't think the the, the Cougars can stop them.
1: Pretty much agree with that, burglar. Um, Stoll and Keeson, very quick, very talented. The difference in pretty much every game that the O'Clair area stars play. Um, and speed-wise, yes, Cap City I think can keep up, but I don't know if they can keep up with these guys. Um, Eau Claire area I think uh, probably like a, a five to one or five to two game. Uh, I don't want to go
0: out and pick final scores or anything like that, but uh, Michael Michael does. He's got pretty he got pretty good idea of what's uh, going on. Here's what's going to be key in this game, guys you know ECA is going to get pucks to the net you know they're going to do that two things one taylor thornton's going to have to play well and two at the other end of the ice the uh, cap city cougars are going to have to get pucks to the net i don't know if the netminder from ECA got challenged a whole lot today when you got that much offense in front of you you know you may not see a whole lot of pucks i don't know if she got challenged as much today so I think you look for Cap City to probably try to get more pucks to the net and try to challenge her. We'll see, but those are my two keys to the game. And um, I, I'll tell you what, talking to the Cap City girls, and they're a great bunch of girls, but, you know, I, I agree with you guys. ECA is just, I think it's just maybe that much better. And uh, they got difference makers, and those girls are good. But give credit to Milligan. And uh, you're talking about Margot Thousand also, who was on defense and really played a whale of a game. You know, Cougars aren't going to lay down for him at all.
1: Talking about um, stats, I'm, I'm digging the stats just like Burglar is. Eau Claire area on the year averaged 39 shots a game on goal. They gave up an average of, of about 15 or 16 a game. so. That's more than double. I mean, if your goalie can stop 39 of 39, that's great, but odds are they're not going to. And if uh, Eau Claire area gets 40 shots on goal, I think they win easily. Let's
0: go into the boys' championship game and all big rivers' championship game. Hudson and Eau Claire Memorial. In the regular season, Hudson beat them, and uh, second time around they tied them. So here we go with round three, and um, Bill, you've uh, been stewing over there for a little while, and uh, you want to figure out. Want <laughs> to uh, let us know uh, how you see in this one? Well,
2: I, I, I didn't realize I was stewing over here, um, but that's okay. I, I'm good at stewing. Yeah. I'm good at stewing. I'm good at ranting. i you know. I've been waiting for I, that I, tonight. I, no, not tonight. I'm still. I. I I was managing the, the Twitter feed for Wisconsin Prep Hockey during the games today, and I, you know, sent out a couple of tweets regarding our announcers and their uh, shortcomings as far as, you know, announcing penalties, you know, so-and-so with a trip. No, it's a tripping penalty, but we covered that last time. Um, yeah, the, the two teams, they, they, they played twice. I had some in the first game. They tie the second game, but from what I've seen the last two days, Hudson's just got uh, Hudson has just looked better. I, I guess that's all I can say. They have just looked better. Their their passes have been crisper. They've you know their, their defensive play has been sound. Their offense has been aggressive. I think Hudson has just looked better than. Eau Claire has you know, in, in these two days and, you know, it's regardless of what happened earlier in the season, it's how are the teams playing right now and right now Hudson is playing very sharp um, Eau Claire is playing well um, but they mean O'Clair. they went overtime with, with Waukesha double overtime and, and you know, DC Iris went overtime with Waukesha too and you know, somebody who shall remain nameless, you know, thought that D.C. Everest actually looked better against Waukesha than, than Eau Claire did. You know, and, yeah, I, I mean, Hudson, is just, Hudson has looked solid in every department. And, and Eau Claire has shown, you know, some weaknesses. Um, I, I think Hudson's going to be able to take care of business tomorrow
1: pretty much agree with you there. I know there was uh, one point in the game where we were watching and uh, somebody said, well, they need to be crisp with their passing. And the other person said, well, they're not. And uh, Eau Claire just did not look like they were on their game tonight, even though they won. Uh, The usual tape-to-tape passes weren't there. You know, the snap decisions weren't there. There seemed to be a little indecisiveness. I wonder if Waukesha, maybe confuse them in the neutral zone a little bit because they, it's, they seem to have some trouble getting through there. Uh, Hudson, it's like they take the first period, it's like a boxer. They kind of, early on, kind of feel out the opponent, see what the weakness is, see what they need to do to, to win the match, and then go ahead and do it. And that's the kind of the thing that I've gotten from Hudson the last two days is they figure out what they need to do, and then they go ahead and do it. And I think they're going to do that tomorrow as well.
0: Well, I think you guys, on my pick, I think you guys alluded to it a little bit earlier. Oakland Memorial played a double overtime game, second game of the night. Quick turnaround, you figure about 2.30, so you're looking at, you know... I'm saying that Oakland Memorial, if they have any gas left by the third period, you know, they probably would want to keep it close, but Hudson... I agree. Hudson has just played up here. They played the higher level in this in this state tournament. I really like the way they handled themselves against Verona. They uh, took care of Fond du Lac Springs. You know, Eau Claire Memorial, I at times, you know, I kind of scratch my head a little bit about them because it just it didn't seem like it was all there, but you know what? They got out of there with a win. And uh, I'll tell you what, they're gonna look for that they're looking forward to that third shot at Hudson. But, guys, I agree with you. I think Hudson is uh, going to be our state champion for a second year in a row.
2: And, yeah, MJ, you, you just mentioned that about, um, you know, the the double overtime and how that's going to affect Oakland Memorial. Because we were talking about it during that, that, that game with Waukesha that, you know, we, we were expecting Waukesha to, to falter. Because they had an overtime game last time, And they were running mo- mainly two lines with occasionally throwing in a third line. So we were expecting Waukesha to falter. But actually, in that second overtime, Waukesha looked like they were fresher than Eau Claire. It looked like Eau Claire had actually run down, not Waukesha. So, you know, I, I think this tonight's game may have taken more out of Eau Claire than, you know, what... Maybe
0: you would have thought. Well, okay, guys. You had enough to say for tonight. I think so. Tomorrow morning, we'll be handing out our our Wisconsin Prep Hockey Awards at 9 a.m. And uh, we'll have more on the website about who our winners are. And we'll have pictures and all kinds of good stuff. So, state championship games tomorrow. Girls at noon. Boys 35 minutes after the girls' game. So uh, keep an eye on the girls' game and see how it is, and then follow the boys' game about approximately a half hour or so after the girls' game gets done. So for Burglar and Trasher, I'm Mike Hammett. Catch you tomorrow on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey, the state tournament edition.